Okay, so this is an episode I did with Monica Franco, who's a fighter in the uh, Invicta organization. Now, she hasn't fought for a little bit. And uh, some of that reason was uh, due to some personal issues, which she talks about in this interview as far as uh, battling addiction and whatnot goes. But I originally uh, started training with Monica Franco. I want to say it was 2008. I was training at uh, Icon Sport and Fitness, which was a gym that TJ Thompson was running. He, originally, he was a promoter of Super Brawl, but he did change the event to uh, Icon Sport name. And the gym only lasted about a year or two before it closed. It was in a pretty expensive area, and it was a rather large gym on Oahu. But uh, for the one or two years that it was running, it was a really great gym. had a lot of great uh, competitors there. Chris Lieben was one of the main coaches. They had uh, Rylan Lazarus, who you see corner uh, Max Holloway a lot. He's a Max Always Jiu-Jitsu coach. Had guys like Sidney Silva, who are well-known on Oahu. Just a, a lot of different, uh, really good uh, trainers there. And uh, I trained with Monica Franco uh, on many occasions. So this is uh, a fun-to-do interview with Monica Franco after all this time. And uh, you guys can uh, kind of check it out. I thought it was an interesting interview as well, given uh, all the personal stuff she talked about. So this is uh, Fearless Monica Franco from Oahu. Good, Long good, and no you? Tea. Yeah, so like hey. at the service, they baptized the baby, huh? So it took, it added time onto the, usually it ends at 11, but I think that process takes like 25 minutes. Nah, no worries. Yeah, That's yeah. good. You gotta go, you know, it's Easter Sunday, you know, you got to go and get edified. I totally support that. So I get it. All good, <laughs> man. All good. Now, we actually used to train at Icon Gym together for people that are watching this. She may not remember that. That was a long time ago. But I, I Well, I know. I remember you mentioning Icon. I actually wanted to ask you about that. I mean, that was like back in what, 2008, yeah? Mm -hmm. So you lived in Hawaii? Yeah, I lived in Hawaii uh, maybe 14 years total. Oh, wow. Two times, yeah. From, from what year to what year? The first time was uh, 96 to 2002, and then the second time was like 2005 to 2013. Oh, wow. And what, what for exactly? Huh? What for exactly? What were you well, doing the down there? I was in the military. The second time, oh, okay. I went to Japan the, mm -hmm. after 2002 to 2005, mm -hmm. and then I separated. They sent me back to Hawaii to separate. And then mm. I stayed there. I went to college, did other things, and then I came back here after that. Oh, okay. And how did you enjoy your experience? No, I enjoyed it, yeah. I mean, I, I think I was used to living there at that point. So I think, you know, I, I could manage, you know, as far as. Yeah. Yeah. So I think That's cool. So, okay. so wait, then we trained. I mean, I know Chris Lieben was icon. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I was going there for. So what classes did we train in? His classes, and then I trained some with uh, the other guys, Eric Kiai, Sidney Silva. Um, oh, okay. Rylan, you know, just whenever. That's right. That's right. Rylan was there, too, and Dustin Kimura, yeah? Yeah. Ah, oh, that's cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right on. So for anybody watching this, if there's someone watching this who doesn't know who you are, maybe you could introduce yourself a little bit. Uh, uh, aloha. 
I'm my name is Monica Franco. I'm a professional Invicta MMA fighter. Been doing it now for a while. I would say about 10 plus years MMA, martial arts in general. I've been doing it for at least 20 plus now. It started when I was 15. So, I mean, that's the story in a nutshell, but um yeah, so here we are. I was watching your live one day. I think it was my friend Katie. And then I was just like, oh, it's so cool. I never did a live. And then, yeah, you, like, reached out to me. I'm just like, all right, like, why not? Like, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Let's, let's talk about maybe when you started because, I mean, I know Hawaii, a lot of people train something. So let's talk about when you were 15 you started. Yeah, um, I had started in Taekwondo. Um, and for me, it was an outlet. I... I was too embarrassed and too shame and too insecure to try other sports. Although I loved sports, you know, I play street ball and all that stuff. And, but, um, I really gravitated towards martial arts at that age. Um, I, I guess for many different reasons, but I guess, you know, it was an escape for me. It was something that I felt I would, I could be fairly good at if I put in the work and, um, yeah, I, I mean, that's just basically where it started. And then it, it just slowly evolved. You know, I had done Taekwondo competitively with the the gym that I had got my black belt with. And at one point, I really, really felt like I wanted to pursue Taekwondo, like Olympics and stuff, because I had done the junior nationals and all of that. And, you know, I just really wanted to try and go for gold. And uh, I had gotten injured. And I thought that was the end of my world, you know, instead of, you know, when you're young, oh, my gosh, I'm injured. It's the end of the world, blah, blah. So kind of went down a different path uh, after that. But, um, I mean, that's, you know, where I first started. And um, I'm very grateful and glad that I had, you know, picked up martial arts because it, it brought me to where I am today. And, you know, the journey continues. It hasn't been easy. It never is for you know someone like me but I don't know who knows really but yeah the journey continues and you know I'm hoping that I can get a fight here soon and get things going again you know I don't know if you got to watch my last fight but um, I didn't see the last one though yeah the last one you can look it up on YouTube it, it was a it was a good fight but Haley's just a big girl she's a big 35er strongest girl I've ever faced as far as uh grappling wise in the competitively you know I haven't come across that kind of strength uh I don't normally come across extremely strong girls like that um but she was big she was big I learned a lot uh and you know ever since then just got back to the drawing board and making adjustments and just looking forward to the next one man just you know wanted to get out there and showcase what i know i can do now you're contracted with the victim if you had another fight it would be in that promotion right correct uh bellator had asked me for this past hawaii one but the timing of it all and then they wanted me to fight one of the girls that i used to train with and i wasn't gonna do that you know i a lot of the people on the island were all friends and stuff so it's just like i i didn't want to do that and I mean, I'm hoping it's Invicta again because I really love how they run things. I love how um, 
you know, they they treat their fighters. I love, I just love everything about their promotion, really. So, excuse me, I'm trying to, like, finagle my hair right now because it looks a hot mess. <laughs> now, there isn't as many fights going on on Oahu right now. So, if you didn't fight an evicted, it might be hard for you to get another one, right? Um, I mean, no, they actually are starting to open up. They're starting to slowly open up, and I think it's because Bellator had, you know, come down. But I hear that the local promotions are wanting to pick back up. But um, I guess it would just really depend on the circumstances and what they offer if they wanted me to fight locally. But, I mean, I primarily i am hoping for Invicta right now again, you know, you at 125. You just haven't mm -hmm. – you don't really have any kind of, like, ideas of when it might be or if that was – I'd have to ask Jason, mm -hmm. my manager. I mean, I I would hope in a few months. I really would. But, you know, with Invicta, they, they got to be fair to everybody and everybody, you know, they have to have their opportunities. So the only thing I can do now is continue to do what I have been doing and just train and be ready and um, be prepared for the opportunities. You know, I, I mean, that's just kind of how it goes right now. So, yeah. Now, where did you end up after icon? Oh my gosh. Uh, I bounced around at a lot of different gyms. I think, let me see icon. Then I went to team MMAD team mad. Mm hmm and that was Brandon Wolf and uh, Brad Tavares. Them right. were all there. I done. I I didn't know them personally, mm -hmm. but those were the names that were there. Scott Junk. Um, and then from Mad, I went to HMC with Coach Haru and a bunch of other good fighters. Then I went to Jesus Is Lord. Um, I did a couple of, I trained at a couple of backyard places. I, I basically bounced around. I've been around, you know. So, um, yeah, I I had the opportunity to um, learn a lot from these different gyms and everything. But right now I'm just with a bunch of my teammates, a, a lot of skilled teammates at the UFC gym. And we have a few of them on the island. So we just use their gyms and we, you know, hop in and stuff like that. Yeah, I trained at the one um, near uh, Takako. I trained there probably my last yeah. few years on the island. I trained there. And oh, okay. Because yeah. I was um, icon closed. Then I went, Paul Leno had a gym pretty close by my apartment. But then he moved out to Kapolei, so I just went there because it was close. By. Oh. And I like training there, you know. I like They had a lot of different classes. They had a lot of good coaches, you know. And uh, I thought, like, the – especially, like, the, you know, like, strength and conditioning stuff they had there was really good, I thought. You know, like, some of those – You – I mean, I, I think if – yeah, I don't think it's bad. I just think that a lot of it sometimes can be commercialized because it is the UFC gym. So it kind of has that stigma, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, fighters or whatever. But, no, you, you – uh, if you make the right connections and the right network networks, there's decent. There, there, there's good coaches there. You know, they yeah. know, they know what they're doing. But it's like you find some really good talent. Like that's what I did. Just made uh, friends with people who I thought were very skilled, and um, that's what we're continuing to do. You know, it's just like 
some of my teammates like they train they they cross train at different places and we just gather together and you know we just put in work and I kind of like it I um I feel like a little bit of freedom you know as opposed to like being at a specific gym and then like having to do exactly what they're doing or whatever like I kind of like having that freedom to 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 really um what is it what is the way like to ah, excuse me I just like having that freedom to explore different things try different things not stick to a particular style or a certain box of what you have to be uh, I've been to certain gyms where as good as they are I sometimes feel like they put you in a box or they want you to fight this way or that way I was never like that and that's the beauty about the UFC gym is you know um you come across different styles. So then you got to bounce ideas off of each other. And then you learn different things. And then you see things differently. So that's what I, I like about the UFC gym is like we have that freedom to explore and, you know, create different things on our own. Yeah, I thought yeah. those duck classes and those fight fit classes, those are hard, man. You know, so yeah. So if you did like that once a day or whatever, however you wanted to organize it and then do some other training. Yeah, you could get mm -hmm. in good shape and, you know, you kind of organize the schedule the way you wanted to, no matter what your yeah. what your personal schedule was. You could train pretty much, yeah. you know, a decent yeah. amount regardless. Yeah. So I thought it was great in that respect. And they do have a lot of good coaches there. I trained with, I took Jay Penn's class, you know, usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I would wrestle, I would take the wrestling classes. I would do the duck classes and the fight fit ones also. Those were hard, you yeah. know? And I used to tell guys, like, yeah. man, the, the conditioning stuff they have over here is real good, you know? Even if even if you're not there for the conditioning stuff they have is pretty hard, you know, the different yeah. conditioning class they have. So, like, there were people doing those twice a day, just regular, you know, fitness-type people. They were in good right, shape. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, they got in good shape, and it was kind of like mindless training. You just showed up, and you did what they wanted you to do, and, you know? Yeah, those people got in, in killer shape. So I thought it was a, really good to go there because, and <clears throat> like you were saying, there were so many different people that you could train with different mm -hmm. coaches, you know, and get different inputs. The MMA classes were really good, I thought. And I thought mm -hmm. it, was a, it was a good place to train, actually. Are you, I mean, so, so you were there. Do you remember? Coach Haru, by any chance? Yeah, Haru yeah, Shimanishi? of course, yeah. Japanese guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I was just wondering. Yeah, I mean, okay, when cool, TJ cool. first started Super Brawl, you know, which later became Icon, you know, Haru was right. always around, and I think he refereed some yeah. of those events. So he was Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a regular in that, in that community, you know, the community, the Hawaii MMA community, which has kind of branched out more, but at the beginning, it was pretty small. You know, yeah, I would say it was pretty small, and and he was already there at that time, so he was already in, well, I, in there. I that's pretty cool. I like I I like the fact that you actually have some Hawaii ties because I mean, yeah, not everybody's gonna know that stuff, so it's like that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like think that. I like. And TJ first started, you know, you had Jesus Lord, so you had Ray Cooper, Ronald John, yes, 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 Bob Ostovich, yes. they were all together. And then you have wow. like Egan's Gym, Grappling Unlimited. You had Harvest mm -hmm. Gym, HMC. And then yes. you had 
you had some guys that were kind of doing like the backyard thing, like you're talking about some guys from Wanai yeah. and whatnot, but that was kind of the, yeah, yeah. the core, so to speak of guys that were training. So the community wasn't big at all. And then you yeah. had to embrace these guys too. Um, so, right. so that was pretty much, you know, that was pretty much it. So the community was, you great. know, your history, you know, your history. Yeah, yeah. I taught Aloha. Sorry. Somebody <laughs> said hi. So I just oh, no figured. Yeah, yeah. So back then that was cool. And then, like I said, it's branched out, but I still think the community in Hawaii, because Oahu is not, you know, big, it's still small, yeah. even though more people are training. Yeah, sure, sure. I totally agree with you on that one, for sure. So what did you think as far as like, let's kind of talk about your development at like Icon when you were training there. What did you feel like you, you got there? And... Um, geez, that was a while ago. I don't know, probably just um, overall, just the confidence. Because I came from, you know, a Taekwondo background. So I was like very familiar with punching and striking. So I guess like, I guess for the first time learning grappling type techniques and um, all of that stuff. But I mean, I've, I, I mean, if we're talking about like looking back from then till now, I mean, I can, I feel like I can talk more about the involvement of that in general, you know, like, uh, should we talk about that? Just the overall evolving yeah, yeah. <laughs> from sure. to now. Yeah. Uh, Cause for me, like, I personally feel like, gosh, I mean, just a lot of different things, you know, as I really feel more than anything, the fight IQ has definitely evolved for me um, in many different ways. Um, I think that, uh, you know, as you go through your journey, um, you have to like refine things. And I feel like that that's what, you know, I, I have done. Um, I, I'm just kind of drawing a blank right now, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> but, um, I think just overall, I would have to say my fight IQ. Uh, has definitely developed throughout the years, uh, different distances, uh, different angles that I'm trying to now work and implement from my last fight, even, um, even as far as like uh, your breathing patterns, your, your, uh, your looseness in the cage, because when you go in there and you're like stiff and, you know, you don't breathe, that takes away from conditioning, what else did I learn? I learned that, um, I learned, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think. I am so sorry, Todd. I'm no, really no, trying to fun. think. No, you can like, talk about, like, what I was saying is maybe from the beginning, because you, you said you were kind of developing, you're probably doing more striking at Icon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, even if you're at Icon, like, I was, and then I had started, uh, you know, like the jujitsu stuff, but I mean, I don't think I started like learning more about the jujitsu side of, and I'm still learning because that's for me like that's the hardest part is the jujitsu part, you know. And I know it's a chess match. I mean, I'm not like uneducated about it, but jujitsu for me is really hard to grasp. It really is, yeah. you know, and it's a challenge. So to like say like how I've evolved in jujitsu, like I sometimes don't want to talk about it because I feel like, like 
I don't know enough or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, if that makes sense. But I mean, if we're going to talk about the ground involvement, like, I don't think I honestly started getting better at that part until I was with Jesus's, Jesus's Lord, you know, just the wrestling aspect. Oh, you know, take that back, take that back. I guess with, I didn't start getting better at the jujitsu part until HMC, when I started like just with my one uh, one of Haru's coaches. Her name was Tammy, Tammy, and I still see her today. But like I had learned a little, not I had I had learned the basics from her shrimping, you know, like getting out of mount, protecting my neck because prior to that I was getting caught a lot in submissions in my amateur fights, you know, with like getting choked out primarily. So I guess I learned a lot of defensive jujitsu technical stuff from HMC. And then when I went to Jesus is Lord, I, I kind of started learning more of the wrestling things and um, the basics in that. Um, so that's where it really started evolving. Like, cause icon and mad and the backyard stuff, it was still very much like I was very much striking, striking, striking mentality. Um, they didn't really want to learn too much about, you know, the ground aspect and all of that stuff. And then, yeah, finally, when, when I went to HMC and Jesus is Lord, that's when I kind of started to change my own mentality about things and embrace the the grind of it all. Because I was, like, very much, like, you know, one of those fighters. Ah, I don't, I can, I can get away with it, like. I'll learn this, or I just got to sprawl. I'll just learn how to sprawl. I'll get back up. But then when you go through the fight and you realize that girls just don't want to stay there and strike with you, they're going to grab you. You know, I had to, like, come to that realization that, okay, I really got to pay a little bit more attention to this kind of, to that side of the thing. So, yeah, that's where I probably started the the basics of the grappling game was with, HMC and Jesus is Lord. And then, um, you know, along the way, um, so I went to Jesus Lord. And then I ended up, you know, at the USC gym. And then I actually kind of dabbled with Hawaii Elite too from time to time with Russell Doan them and all that stuff. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, I hope that kind of answers your question in a sense. I don't know, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so. <clears throat> From your last fight, what did you kind of take away from it? Well, from my last fight, um, I took away that I'm that Haley's a really strong girl. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I took away a, a lot of stuff. Uh, I I think for me, I have to the next time I step in there, um, I'm practicing switching up different angles right now. Uh, sharper angles as opposed to sharper angles and sharper movements on the inside as opposed to um kind of backing up and like, i don't know if this makes sense but like I, I i feel like sometimes i'll just like kind of like do more of loopy movements like circle circle and i, I which is fine but like in invicta because the cage is so small I don't have that freedom to kind of like do those type of movements. So now I'm, tr I'm practicing a lot of inside stuff, sharper angles, sharper movements, still practicing the grappling and also realizing that 
I was never the biggest 135er, and I know I got to fight at 125. When I did fight at 125 as an amateur, I was never at my best because of the fact that uh, it was just really bad weight cuts. So because I had, you know, um, done, you know, when you do horrendous weight cuts and all of that stuff, your performance isn't the best. You know what I mean? So I think, like, when I go back down, like, fighting naturally at 125, I'll be able to showcase so much more. Because, like, they're big. They're, some of the 35ers are big. They're not all that big. But even my last opponent, she was fairly big. You know, Tina was fairly big, and she was strong, too. So, I mean, I learned that I have to just be more prepared, more um, dedicated, and but again, I knew that me and Jason had talked about it. We knew that we were going to fight a few at 135 anyways, because I was out for five years. I was still training, but I was out for five years. I wasn't going to kill myself like how I had like how I had previously done as an amateur to make 125 because that just wasn't cutting it, you know. So now when I get back to 125, there's things that I am definitely ready to like showcase and I'm not even the I'm not going to be the bigger fighter like I'm just trying to fight to where I can showcase and do what I know I can do because I know I can grapple better than I did with Haley but she's just she's a strong girl she's a strong girl man and she's a D1 gymnast and you know like um she had done things that I I I had never experienced in a in a fight so to speak because she's taller so everybody that I fought, for the most part, when they try and take me down, they usually go lower. You know, they usually go lower and I can like kind of like finagle and shove their heads down or, you know, it's usually from like, like from here down that I'm working with. But Haley kept lifting me up, you know, because she's taller. She kept lifting me up and I just, you know, it was... um trickier to make adjustments because I wasn't too familiar with working in that situation you know I, at training I do a lot of situational stuff because of the experiences that I've had in my fights like you know like every fight that I come out of whether I win or I lose I'm just like okay what do we need to work on and I had worked like in every fight you know take um protecting my neck was one or just submission defense was always something cage defense um but yeah, with Haley, I, I, I couldn't get away with that. I couldn't get away with um, getting her off of me. Um, I'm so, and that's another problem too. Like I'm so used to, and I guess kind of comfortable with people putting me against a cage because I feel like I can get out of it. And I shouldn't have done that. I know I shouldn't have done that too soon in the fight. Um, gosh, I, um, what else, what else? I feel like I... I I should have done a better hand a better job with that hand that was um when she had me against the cage with that hand that was around her neck I should have been looking for a frame you know so I've been practicing a lot of frames um uh I there was some moments where I probably could have just continued to scoot out towards that opening but I didn't so uh, uh, just a lot of different things that I look back on and I watch the footage and I'm just kind of like, you know, just going over in my head. But definitely sharper angles inside fighting a little bit more, kind of like more if um, kind of more like Alexander Volkanovsky style.
you know how he's just like faint, faint, mm-hmm. sharp angles, faint, ha ha, like that kind of stuff. Just really practicing, like literally, like I know the UFC gym cage is huge too, right? Because it's fight night, it's fight night size. So I just literally give myself, me and my my teammates give myself a little small area. And I work within that area because I'm so used to a big cage. I can't, I, I can't fight like that right now. You know, Invict- Invictus cage isn't that big. It's not that big, you know, like, sorry, Shannon, if she ever sees this, but it's not that big. It really isn't. <laughs> but I still love, I still love the promotion. So because it's not that big, I'm, I, I, I'm learning sharper movements, sharper angles, working on the inside and all of that stuff. Why were you out for five years? A lot of different things. Um, I was burnt out for one. My um, my my pro debut was like the worst. Um, um, was the worst weight cut I had ever experienced. So much so that when I was trying to rehydrate. I was like throwing up. So I ended up in the hospital until maybe one or two in the morning getting IV'd because I, if not, I would have been, you know, just very sick. So being burnt out was definitely one of those things as far as like being burnt out competitively. So I, I just, I wanted a break. Um, thank God I had won that one, you know, with a spinning back fist. But, um, you know, I just, that was a hard one. And then I had some other personal like issues, you know, I was fighting addiction battles and all of that stuff, primarily with al- alcohol, you know, I was like alcohol and maybe like, I don't know, some other stuff, but fighting some addiction battles that I finally, um, thank God, ha- is so much under, you know, like uh, Cinco de Mayo, May 4th will be four years of sobriety for me as far as you know that is concerned with alcohol and things like that so I had to like work on my my personal self as well I think um that was probably the best move for me because I I feel like my body just really needed that time to to heal you know spiritually mentally and physically um so yeah that's primarily why I was um I took that break. I didn't expect to be out that long, but I'm glad that I was. And then there was a few injuries, a few setbacks that had happened as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, I know. It, um, Showboat is congratulating me for my so- sobriety, so I appreciate it. Um, Boat's daughter is the, the best wrestler, 15 years old wrestler in Oklahoma. She's a Nice. Yeah. Well, wrestling is my weakness, so I'm going to have to yeah. meet her so she can work with me. <laughs> or yeah, he, he, yeah. He won championship folk style uh, about a month or two ago, and uh, now she's nice. Uh, but she has a big tournament coming yeah. uh, Vegas. Nice. I think this month. Yeah, her name's Brissa. <clears throat> and okay. Yeah, so it, okay, she's doing really well in Oklahoma as a wrestler, very well. That's awesome. But yeah, so, like some injuries had happened, you know, like a slight concussion, and then I had a really bad knee injury. So that was the setback as well. So that's primarily why I was out. But uh, I think, like I said, it was the best thing for me, even though during those moments, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like, am I even going to fight again? You know, I had one pro fight, like just like debating within myself and all of those things. 
of you know is this ever going to happen for me again you know because i love it so much if i didn't love it i wouldn't be doing it uh, everybody knows that fighting out of most many fighting is like the sport of love because until you get into the upper echelon of things you're not going to make that much that that good money you know you're just not but i accepted that because i know what i'm capable of i know my potential i know my but i my abilities I just think it's just the timing of everything, you know, the timing of it all. And now I feel that I can make 125 in a healthy manner. I just feel and I'm excited and I'm ready to, you know, step in there. And again, not to be the big, honestly, not to be the bigger fighter, but because I know I can showcase more and be more competitive. Whether I win or lose, I just personally want to go out there and just show what I got bring up the best in my opponent bring up the best in myself I'm not afraid to do that you know but sometimes that doesn't always happen when like you fight against humongous girls <laughs> which I've done a lot of my fight career like even um as an amateur I started off at, at, at one 145 you know they're big and like I got a few good cracks in, but that's about it because they're big and I was very unfamiliar with um grappling and they got the chokes on me. Then when I was 125, I was fighting girls my you know, more my size, but I was so unhealthy because I was killing myself doing it that I could never really fight to my full potential, if that makes sense. Mm. So, you know, a, a whole different variety of things is what you know, I mean, I don't know where I went with that. I lost my train of thought. But anyways, yes. <laughs> Why do you think you got caught up with uh, other things when you're off for all that time? Oh, I was battling addictions even before oh. my five years. Yeah, I was battling addictions from, <clears throat> I would have to say, the age of, like, early 20s, once I got the taste and you know of things I, I i was like i think mma helped kind of tame that to a sense you know god and mma obviously and my family helped tame you know the the addiction but you know i was battling addictions before i had before um my break had even started so um because of the people you, you know, with or pardon why, why do you think you fell into that was it people that you hung out with or no, no, it was never, uh, I, I've always been, a, I've, you know, people talk about like, um, you know, your, your sphere of influence, which is true to an extent, but at the same time, we are, we are our own human beings, we make our own choices, right? I've seen people who know people and they don't partake because that's just not their thing. So I really don't think it was the people that I've, were hanging around with. I just think it was, um, with addictions, there's root to every addiction. There's roots to every addiction. So for me, it was figuring out those roots and still to this day, continuing to like process those roots and all of that stuff. So no, it wasn't, it wasn't anyone particular. It was, it's just me, you know, and my personal journey and um, the whatever, you know, had happened from the past and just, you know, it, stemmed into addictions and all of that stuff so did you yeah find going out a lot though or no pardon did you find yourself going out and partying a lot or no 
Um, when I was in MMA, not no, really. I mean, when, half, you, when you kind of started, whatever it was that you were, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I did, I did. And I mean, you don't realize it because when you're long, you're like, oh, yeah, party, party, party. But then, you know, when you're like drinking during, you know, start day drinking and it, you know, all that stuff like then it's just like and still then you don't even realize you know like in the beginning phases and then like I don't know somewhere along the lines I came to the realization like oh my gosh like yeah I think I might be addicted to some you know alcohol and you know I had dabbled in some other hard drugs um not all of the hard drugs was my thing but you know like I would say like the like some pills and alcohol the downers and all that stuff was kind of like my my go-to's and stuff like that some of the uppers that I had dabbled in like maybe one I could have been heavily addicted to but the other one not so much because I just personally didn't like the feeling of staying awake and wired all the time I was more into that you know like eh," like that kind of like kind of a thing like the chill drink whatever so yeah i would say half out with the going out but did you being out for five years you feel like well damn that's a lot of time you know how do i how do i get yeah you know caught back up or did you think well that might Um, i gave up too much time or did you just say well i'm just gonna get back into it i was never one that thought that it would give up too much time um i just loved it too much and I was still training. Um, I just, um, I don't know. I just, I loved it too much. And then fortunately throughout that, that, that um, five-year drop-off, I had met Jason, my manager now. And, you know, he was a huge part as well as um, keeping me motivated and um, really like um, understanding my vision and believing in me and, um, so he was a huge help with that as well. Because uh, I, I guess there were moments where I, I had questioned it and, you know, is this for me and stuff like that. But like I said, I just always like, I came back to it because I loved it so much. And I really do love com- competing competitively. And I just always felt like I wanted to show more because I knew that I could. So I guess it was just that internal fire, you know, that kept me um, motivated more than anything, even when nobody else, I bet like, you know, nobody besides my parents and besides Jason and a few other close people along the journey and some really good teammates that I had met at the UFC gym that kept me encouraged. And, you know, if it wasn't for them during those five years, then I'm pretty sure it would be a different story, but it was just a combination of the support and my internal belief in myself and the love again that I have for it that kept me moving forward through it so yeah where'd you meet Jason is, is he on Oahu or did you just meet him through no he's in Ohio I actually uh met him from a friend social media Twitter mm-hmm. I had asked uh him if he he oh because I had done Okay, gosh, I don't want to get the story right. So there is a connection there. I had done a podcast for um, this other podcast. His name was Evil Eddie. And he uh, had saw my my pro debut and my 
my spinning back fist, back fist knockout. So we would talk story. I had done a few podcasts for him. And then Eddie, I don't know if there's a connection between the two of them, but he had led me to this guy named Steven Rachel or something like that. Um, I don't know if I'm getting his name correct. Then I started speaking with Steven and then talking to Steven about, um, you know, hey, do you know anybody that might be able to help with management? Because I had come across this other guy who claimed to be a manager and he wasn't really a manager or just like giving me like he was um he wasn't I don't know he just was saying all these things but you know nothing ever came of it and right. um the manager before him he was kind of sketch and shady and wanted me to sign this contract and saying like oh yeah now you're gonna like he wanted to fly me up to Boston and all that stuff and I was you know like I don't know. It was just like some weird stuff. You know, I just didn't feel right about it. But yeah, Steven had eventually recommended Jason to me. And then, yeah, it, the the rest is history. <laughs> He's been my manager ever since. So, yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> do you think, uh, like, if you don't get another fight to Victor, where would you look as far as? Because I, I know competing locally, usually you're going to get matched up against somebody you know pretty well. Um, Like, I know Bellator had reached out to Jason a few times. I know <laughs> that um, I know that LFA had reached out to Jason. Yeah, I, I, I really don't know, but I, I, I mean, I know that Jason would handle it. But, you know, people have reached out to him and stuff like that. I'm not I'm not too worried about it. Um. I just um I just want to make sure I put in the work and I know that you know when that happens and I get my opportunity to fight at 125 then um you know more opportunities will arise from that so I'm uh, personally not too sure where else but I mean there's promotions that are out there so yeah I mean because like I, I always tell people um I have a friend he started a promotion I think he's in his Maybe his third show. So his show's still not necessarily all that. He does them in casinos here in Oklahoma. But he's always, yeah. uh, he can't keep female fighters on the card because someone else is always taking them away. You know? Right. That it's that right. popular it is right now. Like he'll sign someone and, <laughs> you know, they're already off to right. another one right after that. So that's kind of like how, like a hot commodity it is at the moment. At least from what. Is it due, is it due to just like, bigger promotion to yeah, them up for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the hard part. It's the really hard part. But I mean that's what he's saying is it it's popular. They want female competitors right now. So you know yeah, yeah, yeah. get some. Everyone else wants some too. And so right yeah. now it's, it seems to be like there's a lot of a uh, opportunity on on the mainland at least for that for fights of all yeah. um just from yeah for sure. It seems that way. <clears throat> yeah for sure. No, there are definitely so much more opportunities on the mainland for fighting, especially like if it is like um, local events, because it's hard. Yeah, people don't, besides Invicta, who pays for the flights and stuff like that, people, it's hard because Hawaii is so expensive to get the plane tickets out, you know what I mean? So, but I don't know. I feel very, I feel very positive and I mean, confident, even in the, within that loss with Haiti, like, you know, 
I I still feel like I'll be I'll be able to get on you know sooner rather than later. I really do. I feel very like good about that. Could be wrong, but not sure. <laughs> who are some of the guys that you're training with at UFC gym? Like, who are some of your training partners? Um, some of my training partners, I uh, let's see, Dylan Sheldon, Eileen. Uh, I don't know her last name off the top of my head. Uh, gosh, uh, I train a I train a little bit with Russell Doan. You know, like I see him at the Milanani UFC gym. I haven't trained with him in a while, but I actually was talking story with him a few weeks ago, uh, inquiring about his help. So I think we're gonna try and link up. A lot of just local, not necessarily professional fighters, but they're very skilled and talented at what they do. Um, Bruno. I don't know his last name. I only know first names for the most part. So <laughs> you're at Milani um, at the Kakako gym. Yeah, I I kind of go both. Oh my, Dev Devin. He, I, 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 do you remember Chinaman from HMC? Yeah, yeah, of course. I don't know. So Devin is one of Chinaman's guys. So I meet up with Devin at the Kakako one. He's been a huge help after. Um, hi Susie. Um, he's been a huge help after this last fight with Haley. So that's. Um, me and him have been like drilling just the inside stuff, inside stuff, and then even like talking with Russell, like Russell Doan, like um, and his IQ and his fight style. I really like it and what he does, and is very similar to, you know, even what uh, Alexander Volkanovsky does. So, yeah, um, there's a lot of good talent to train down there with, regardless of if they're professional fighters or not. You know, I got. My friend Susie, who's watching right now, I've trained with her. You know, she just had a smoker event. My friend T, she's another like huge Polynesian girl. She's a phenomenal athlete as well. You know, so um, a lot of good unknown talent, but nonetheless very, you know, one BB, the good guy. Juan Gomez, huh? he's kind of a bald guy that works at UFC gym and Kakako. Oh, Juan. Yeah, yeah. Juan. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Just Juan. joke. <laughs> I always make fun. Yeah. That's the only way he can win any matches is by doing the side choke, you know? <laughs> like, if he wins matches, that's all he, that's all he wins by. So I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> now I'm just like watching, waiting for it. But yeah, he, I trained with him quite a bit over there, so I used to always make fun of him for that. But he's good at that move, so. I don't know him personally either, but I know of his name. I kind of like wave high, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, if you have I know who you're talking him, about. He's just going to go to the side choke. And okay, good to know. Time, he's going to go again and again and again and again, repeatedly. Oh, my. my... <laughs> That's my teammate Brooke. My teammate Brooke. Well, she lives in California now, but she's a phenomenal, uh, world class. She'll be future champion one day for sure. And she, jujitsu is her sport, but uh, she's definitely world champion because she's she uh, is incredible. Like she's extremely strong. On um, right next to Haley, like that girl is just as strong as Haley. So, good luck to anybody going up against her. <laughs> going up against them <laughs> now who are some have you i mean i'm sure you still watch some events ufc events and whatnot who are some people that you've been like paying attention to um always rose i know she hasn't fought for a, a little bit but rose has always been 
one of my favorite people to follow and watch. Uh, even from Invicta days, she's always been one of my favorite fighters. Rose. Um, I still love Dominic Cruz, even though he's not as active as he once was. Um, TJ Dillashaw. Um, I like, um, gosh, more old school fighters. I do like uh, um, Tatiana Suarez. You know, she's incredible. Um, other than that, like, I do like Sean O'Malley. <laughs> he's a he's a slick guy to watch. Um, Showboat's asking how many times a day do you train and what styles? Oh, I do, uh, let's see. I do once a day, probably about three hours, uh, three hours session. Like, I split the sessions up, hour, half, hour, half, probably, or maybe put it all together. Um, primarily just... Um, focusing a lot on um, grappling right now and that stuff. But um, as far as the striking is concerned, I don't know. I, I, I know that like the back of my hand, so I don't really have a certain style as far as striking. I just call it an MMA style more than anything. <laughs> so, but um, I train in all the styles, you know, and try to incorporate a lot of inside dirty stuff more than anything now. That's what me and Devin have been working on a lot is just really, you know, getting nasty in there and um, framing and even sh like taking that quick roll cut, boom, sh hit hit that angle, you know, kind of like a shoulder bump, then coming back up with stuff, um, level changes, trying to incorporate level changes, even though I might not go for a shot, but going in for, you know, just like level changing. Although I did learn along the way from some people and I'm actually going to take it with me because rest. I'm never going to be that Tatiana Soros type wrestler where you can just literally shoot from your knees and you'll get a takedown no matter what. So the, what I learned from Russell and Dallas uh, with their level changes and how they go in for particular stuff, I, um, you know, I'm going to like utilize as well. So different level changes and different angles um, different angles, utilizing my striking to then, you know, do a level change and stuff like that. So just kind of trying to put it all together, you know, just really try and put it all together. So uh, I hope that answers your question, Showboat. Sorry if it doesn't. <laughs> but yeah. More times do you, do you want to fight this year, ideally? I'm hoping for at least one, at least one or two more. That's the hope, you know. I got one with Haley. I was inactive during COVID. I actually was supposed to fight Lauren Mueller um, before I fought Haley, but that one fell out because I got COVID. That would have been a fun fight. That would have been nice. So um, I'm hoping for at least one more. You know, they had wanted me to fight during COVID, but again, the timing was off with Invicta for that one. And then again, Bellator, that one was off as well. So... Let's hope for one to two more. And then next year, kind of the similar, maybe three year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the hope, you know, and um, looking to get into, you know, bigger prom promotions, obviously. But nonetheless, Invicta is an incredible and huge platform. And it always has been for, you know, female fighters. I remember watching 
the first Invicta shows and saying, I'm going to get there one day, you know. I didn't realize it was going to take that long, but I knew I was going to get into Invicta. That was my goal number one, you know. And then goal number two is to hopefully get a title, you know, in that promotion. And then we'll see where it goes from there. So, yeah. Now, as we're kind of winding down the interview, I always let people kind of, if you had like a message you wanted to give people or where, where they could follow you, um, things that you're doing. Sure. Yeah, you can um, follow me on my Instagram at Fearless Monica Franco. I believe my Twitter is the same. Um, and then my Facebook is just Monica Franco. Uh, for, I mean, thank you for the opportunity, Todd. I mean, I, I don't, uh, this is my first live. So I promise you, I will get better at it. <laughs> but you know, uh, thank you for the opportunity. Um, and always, you know, God first, right? So just grateful to God for, you know, just providing me with, you know, the breath of life and to my family who has always been the biggest support um, through everything, not just my fighting career, but, you know, through everything that I've been through. And then obviously Jason has been um, just a tremendous support as well. So Jason, underdog MMA management. Um, and then I have like, a, what's that called? Some sponsors. Uh, it's a, uh, and um, Kalika Lashes, that she's one of my cousins. We actually just reunited. We just actually started knowing each other from my last fight. Like a bunch of relatives just started reaching out to me, you know. Um, thankful to my teammates uh, who continue to push me every day. And, you know, my, um, and even, you know, um, my opponents, you know, from, day one up until now you know they have taught me stuff so just grateful for a lot of stuff man and you know the journey continues uh I'm grateful for uh thank you to Invicta you know for giving me those opportunities because I wasn't even supposed to have a contract but you know my first fight went so well you know Shannon Knapp gave me a four-fight contract so thank you to Shannon Knapp and Invicta promotions for uh for that and um yeah man just you know, stay tuned because the best is yet to come. 125 at a healthy, healthy, fearless Monica Franco. You haven't seen the best of me yet. I can assure you of that much for sure. And I'm ready. So, you know, you'll be seeing me. Yeah, I hope that you get, get another fight, you know, whenever you're ready, wanting it, you know. Because I know it can seem yeah. like, especially out on Oahu over it's hard for people to get fights outside the island. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. You know, though, I, as an amateur, I mean, altogether, total amateur and professionally, I have about 14 under my belt, 14 fights. 14, I mean, you can fight other people on Oahu, but... Yeah, that, it's, it's hard. It's hard, though, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, unless you're talking, like, unless it's, like, for, like, a championship in a really high promotion, why are you going to do that to your friends? You know, it's... I don't know. To me, like I don't. I'm not into doing that. But um. But yeah. I I I don't know. I feel like it'll it'll be good. I just need to showcase what I know I can showcase, and I'm ready and willing to do that. So, you know, I feel like it's gonna be Invicta for sure. I I mean, I want it to be personally. I want it to be because they treat me so well. So, I'll I'll be ready. I'll be training and 
I look forward to it. Yeah, well, I'm glad I could get you on your first live, you know, and whenever you want to do it again, you get a fight or after fight. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure, for sure. At a time at um at a time where more Hawaii people can like actually wake up and see cuz I know it's like super early for them over there. Yeah, yeah. So, sure. definitely definitely. I am more than willing to. I appreciate it so much, Todd. Yeah, it was great seeing you again and uh I wish you good luck and anytime you want to come back, let me know. I will. We'll stay in touch for sure. All right. We're friends. <laughs> All right, we'll take care. Thank you. Aloha. Thank you. Aloha. All right, so if you want to follow Monica Franco on Instagram, it's at Fearless Monica Franco. And as always, you can follow me at the underscore Todd underscore Atkins underscore show. And please subscribe to my YouTube, which is Todd Atkins Show. And uh, I have extra videos there and stuff and uh, all my full interviews. And uh, as always, I appreciate the support and I'm just going to keep downloading episodes. So stay on the lookout. Take care.